Well, we're going back to Epstein again. That's right. He is the news of the day. Probably keeping us from looking at something Trump's doing. But it's just, he's tied into so many things, past and present, that you know it's hard to leave alone. There's a suicide. There's a sweetheart deal. I mean, it's, you know. And what's interesting is when you start looking into his background, even back in the early 2000s, people were still not quite sure where the fuck his money came from, and he was very secretive about it. So, you know, you got all these Mossad rumors that he started himself, his connections to lots of people who do have connections to the Mossad, and Israeli business interests that do have connections to the Mossad, and to the CIA, for that matter, and to the mob. So he's got all these connections. And what's interesting, which what I'm looking for now is the beginning. Where did it start? Where did he come from? His parents, um, I think there's more to them than what can be found. I want to look a little more into his mom when I get a chance. But he's a guy that graduated high school at 16. He was playing piano at five, a piano prodigy. Graduated high school at 16, goes on to Cooper Union. And apparently he's a very gifted mathematics student. Cooper Union, one of the most prestigious and, you know, snobby schools in the country. And he got in there, but he only stayed a year, maybe a year and a half. And he moved on to the even bigger NYU. Specifically into their math and sciences department, physics department, which was which was one of the few schools that could claim to be more prestigious, at least in that department. I mean, NYU's no slouch. It's a great school. But that department was one of the, considered one of the best math and physics departments in the world in the 70s when he went there, when he left Cooper Union to go there. Not like he got kicked out of Cooper Union. He left there to go somewhere else, even better, to focus his studies. The fact that he left uh, after what would have been about five years of college with no degree tells me that he went there with no intention of getting a degree, but to seriously focus, focus, focus on some sort of mathematics. And given that he went into the trade industry, you know, into the, in stock trading and whatnot, probably some economics in there. And my guess is this is the early days of computers and computer algorithms. And I think he must have gotten involved in some sort of algorithms that were going to make trading easier. Or he, or he learned some trading secrets, something. But he did well enough, and it's not like he got kicked out of the school because he didn't get a degree, because he did well enough when he left the school, he went to teach physics and mathematics at one of the more prestigious high schools, private high schools in the New York area. Okay, so, he's teaching there even though he hasn't gotten a degree, which means he must have the credit work, the coursework to justify having him teach there. So, he schmoozes his way into Bear Stearns from there. Now again, mathematics, economics, physics, okay, algorithms, the opening up of the computer industries. I was in high school at the time he was teaching high school, so I remember seeing the computers start to trickle out. And I remember the people, the teachers that were involved, really did know something that none of the other teachers did. You know, there was something about computers, the way computers were coming out, that was going to change education. And, and again, it changed finances. It changed how quickly you can trade, how quickly you can prove you have the money, how quickly trades can be transferred, and how, how maybe there are ways to mess with the money in between transactions, borrowing it briefly, 
you know, in the nanoseconds for use and for some other purpose and then passing it on back where it belonged, no one being the wiser. There must have, you know, and in the, and in the, you know, in the future he's dealing with, you know, helping the Israelis get software that has backdoors for law enforcement and intelligence agencies put into governments all around the United, all around the world. Okay, so this is something he's involved in later. So trying to figure out, okay, so where does it start? And I got a hunch that his trading prowess was cheating prowess. In fact, he was asked to leave Bear Stearns over some irregularities, got out of there just before some major investigations, kind of dodged some investigations, et cetera. Goes into some more shady trading where they're moving money like a crazy New York shell game, only in this case they're they're moving the money to places, using it for credit to get more money, then putting it where it belongs, therefore really not having the collateral they needed for the loan, but it doesn't matter because they've already got the loan kind of thing. I think this is the kind of shell games he was playing. And I think that's how when he got involved with Wexner and them, I think he'd come up with something more along the lines of the slow churning slog of massive amounts of money. Similar to, uh, you know, say my, my system for playing blackjack, you know, where you've got, you've got to be able to throw enough money in it to absorb all the losses and still be able to win. If you stay in long enough, you will eventually win kind of thing. And I think he found a way. He figured out a way to get this kind of money transferred again somewhere into tax havens where it could be used as a hammer, not a finesse financial tool, but a hammering financial tool where you can take that money and generate extra money for it tax-free, loaning it out to whomever, whatever. And I think I think the limited Mr. Wexner complaining now after the fact that they think that Epstein stole money from them, I don't think it's true. I think a lot of the money that Wexner eventually did end up making, probably through shady tools used by Epstein, I think Wexner probably made a hell of a lot more money than the $46 million now he's saying Epstein stole from him, <laughs> or $460 million or whatever it was, probably $46 million, something like that. But I, uh, I, I'm reasonably certain that he made a hell of a lot more money off of the help of Epstein. So the thing is, that's what I, I'm wondering, is if there wasn't some sort of shady financial transactions with what he was doing first, sneaking in back doors through trading in different trading scenarios, and then, uh, that eventually those same tools that allowed him to move money around like that perhaps allowed him to move information or to track the movements of money like that and thus be able to use that for blackmail or espionage. We all know about the sex espionage and everything. That's what everybody's talking about. But this guy's real deal was finances. I think the real dirt, I think the real smoking guns is that he kept track of how he was squirreling money around. He had a system that he used for the way he squirreled that money around, and that's how he made his money. And the, you know that whole that old adage, "Follow the money." And I'm following the money back to again. What were his beginnings? How did he get in? How did he go from a upper middle class, you know, Coney Island kid who was brilliant to being able to get a hold of this kind of money? Especially given, like I say, he didn't finish college. He didn't get that ever, you know, that lovely degree that gets you in the door. 
it was his scams, it was his savvy, it was his hunger for money, his ruthlessness, if you will, I think, that impressed the rich men that put him in charge of their money. Like I said, I think it's a shell game. Shell corporations, shell bank accounts. And I think, like that old movie way back in the day, I don't remember who was it, somebody stole like the half cents of every some sort of they, they were diverting the, the the half penny remainder of people's refunds into an account just kind of I can't remember it was a Richard Pryor movie or something something along those lines with this money that just doesn't seem instead of actually taking money out of the system which you can track later when it's missing they're simply borrowing the money on paper long enough to get credit and then they're spitting it back down the line where it's supposed to be going. In other words, it's like a, a, a hold. It's like on the road and all of a sudden they pause and for a moment it looks like it's in this entity, in this account. And so when you're hitting the bank up for money to borrow against that collateral, they're like, oh yes, it looks like you have it. And then as soon as the loan goes in, boom, it's released to go where it was supposed to go in the first place. The loan has been secured with nothing to support it which is never noticed if the loan works out and it gets paid paid back the missing collateral is never noticed as long as it's paid and if it isn't paid there's no missing collateral to take because there's nothing there poof the point is they were used they would borrow the money make the money, put it back in the place to make it appear as it, is, as it was the initial money credited, the, the, the initial collateral. So I really think he began with, with financial shell games in the early days of the computerization of the markets in the, 70, in the late 70s, or mid to late 70s. I think if we dig deep enough into NYU into the mathematics and the mathematics he was working on while at NYU, I think we'll find out a whole lot more. I think if we find out his beginning, we've seen his end. You can run the strings together from there. But you got to go back and figure out the beginning. What was he studying at NYU? that made him valuable to these people. He may have, he obviously had other talents, you know, a bit of a Svengali with young women. You know, maybe he's got an 18-inch dick. I don't know. But that's not what got him in the fucking door. What got him in the door was whatever he was working on at Cooper Union that he couldn't finish up at Cooper Union, and so he went to NYU so he could focus on it. What was it that he was focused on enough to leave Cooper Union to go to NYU? And was that the same thing that led him to teaching later and to Bear Stearns? Or did he get to NYU and come across something new? Maybe it was the new computers. Maybe it was the, you know, the new mathematics professors that were going in a different direction with these algorithms, again, for finances. This guy was about money. He wanted money. I say we start looking at financial algorithms worked on at NYU in the mid to late 70s. And I think we'll figure out a lot more about what it was Mr. Epstein did to make his money.